Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm back! He's triumphantly returning from Canada. We'll hear more about that later. So joining us, Jed Brewer, director of Mission USA Productions. You know, Matt, in a very real and literal sense, I've always been here. That's true. We don't let Jed leave in between recordings. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bowl of water down here. It's all fine. It's all above board. <laughs> Joining us all the way from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Why does Jed keep like twitching to the side and winking and stuff? <laughs> There's a lot going on here. A lot. Well, he, he needs some medication, but we keep trying to hide it in cheese, but he still won't take it. <laughs> it's very odd. <laughs> Glenn, as we mentioned, your, your trip, you're back from a, yes. a week in Toronto. Tell us about it. Well, um... I one of the things I put out on on uh, my blog, uh, which I don't I don't know if you guys know about my blog, but it's you know it's uh, it's quite popular. Yeah, the Man, higher your voice of, gets, the more popularity I assume it has. It's exactly. a lot that between the it's there's an algorithm between the amount of pause and the how high the voice goes. Yeah. yeah. So um, put out a little notice on my blog, told people, hey, uh, you know, if you'd like to meet up, let's meet up now. Here's the thing. Uh, when I did that, I referred to Canada as America's hat. Well, that is its formal designation. And that may have created a little bit of static okay. you know, to start with. Because as you know, I was going down there to interface with them sure. on, on a mission of diplomatic uh, uh, relations with uh the whole Canadian bacon sure, brouhaha. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going there to sort things out. Yes. So it was a little bit of a stumble out of the gate okay. you know, with the America's hat thing. Okay. But got down there and um, met with Josh. Okay. Super cool guy. Right Amazing. on. Amazing. Uh, very, very uh, hardcore, uh, say that fan. Hey, hey Glenn. Yeah. Do, do you think I'm a super cool guy? Well... Chad, I think you're you're on your way. <laughs> do, 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 do you think I'm hardcore? You got a lot of hustle. Uh, uh, you know, let's just see how it goes. I'll let you know. Oh, okay, that's that's no problem. That's good. Tell, tell me more about Josh and how great he is. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Josh is a, a super fan and a very cool dude. We had a great time hanging out. Uh, we uh, uh, probably... Uh, it caused a greater disturbance in the Starbucks than what they normally have there. Yeah, those people need to be disturbed. Yeah. Uh, but I had a great time uh, doing that. Uh, then I met uh, with Sarah and Miss Kathy. Okay. Yeah. And, Sarah uh, and Kathy. they are uh, longtime podcast listeners and blog followers. and They follow everybody's blog here and stuff. And, but they um, follow yours most, right? Well, they you know, it harder. it's it's just uh, it's not a competition. But if it were, but if it were, I'd clearly be winning. But okay. it's not. But it's okay. not a like competition. when they when they click the mouse button over the little the little uh, graphic button that says follow on the Tumblr blog. Uh -huh. Did they click like when they clicked yours? Did they throw their hands up into the air? Yeah. Like WWF style, like I won, like I won, because now I'm following Glenn. Yeah, Shaw. I think that's probably exactly. Well, how it went and now. as we mentioned before in this this podcast, when Christians throw their hands in the air, they do it like they care sincerely. 
That's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, we met with them. Uh, the, the, let me just say something right now. Say something right now. I've met with several super fans of this podcast. Right? Across okay. many continents at this point. Across many continents, and uh, which is a fact, you know. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. Each and every one of these people has been cool. Okay. You know what I mean? Not like cool, like hip or whatever. I mean, cool, like just a, a good hang. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Like they get it. Sure. You know I like sure. to think we shake out the riffraff on this podcast. That's what I'm saying, you know. Hey, 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 Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, Jed. Do, do, you, do you think I'm a good hang? Well, uh, <laughs> you know. Not we'll, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm talking. When. when Glenn gets back from these trips. Jed does a lot of just walking into rooms and yelling, "Who is she?" <laughs> <laughs> it's not. He doesn't actually mean a her. He just means people who Glenn has spent time with that aren't Jed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But uh, Sarah and Kathy, super, super cool, super fun to hang out with. Uh, we told all kinds of stories. Uh, we that we we laughed a lot. Um. Till there was uh, facial muscle soreness. Sure. And um, we had some tears. Okay. You know, because that, that, that comes with it sometimes. Sure, you know. And, uh, uh, but a fantastic time hanging out. Uh, I I hope to do some more of that uh, in the not too distant future, doing more meetups like this and encountering uh, more of our people. But it helped me a lot uh in terms of uh getting feedback because as i told uh josh and uh, kathy and sarah uh this podcast is not us talking about the stuff we want to talk about this is us serving you the listener so anything you want to happen uh, you ought to let us know and in terms of questions but anything that we're doing right that you like that you that you want to see us keep doing you should let us know that sure, so that we can uh so that we know we're on target and that kind of thing so i their feedback was really valuable and off of that if people are listening to this now uh and there's something maybe we've said or done that's that's you know sort of made a particular impact on you or something where you want to let us know about that so that we can continue to keep doing that kind of stuff uh, you know, we help you write in and, and, and do that for us. Cause it, it can't be stressed enough. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. that's completely yeah. true. Like we, we know the advice is good, but as far as, you know, the packaging and all that, we're just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. So, you know, help right. us out. Well, and as I told these ladies, this is as, this is basically just roll tape on, on an hour of our lives. Yeah. So that's, yes, we, uh, we have edited right. this podcast three times, one for accidental cursing, one for telling a story that one of us was not authorized to tell, and one during the live thing because I had forgotten to do any preparation and had to stop down and ask you a technical question. Right. But other than that, it's just been hit record. Yeah. So you know, uh, we uh, we love giving getting that feedback. Uh, also, one of the things I've noticed now that we've I've met with several different super fans, these are all attractive people. Okay. You know what I mean. Would you describe them as ridiculously good-looking? I would say the kind of good-looking where you have to carry a stick that's kind of sharpened on the end okay. to poke people to keep them from, you know, mobbing you. Sure, that totally makes sense. So, um, 
you know, it's it's a it's a pretty stunning thing. We have tried to develop as one of our swag campaigns. You say that poking stick, but yeah, um, R and D is slow coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. will be able to introduce the say that eye patch not too far from now. Though. <laughs> well, now, yeah. but you brought up you know kind of the appearance of of these people, and that right. that leads to I understand there was you know a bit of an issue, kind of one of those just cross cultural communication moments, right? Wondering about how did they need to cross cultural between a guy from Chicago and people from Toronto? Yeah, it's yeah. two very different cultures. Sure. Sorry, um, but um, <laughs> that there was some confusion. <laughs> About the proper care and display of say that uh, paraphernalia. Yeah, well, it's it's a controversial subject, okay. you know. But we like to tackle the tough issues. On we, this do. Podcast. we do. Lunch set the scene for us in this one, Glenn. Somebody was going to wear. Someone was going to represent, but yeah, Miss Miss Sarah had her uh, Lee Younger T-shirt on, Ooh. Come on now. which is what you should be wearing every day. Absolutely. And she was going to wear that to the meetup. Okay. Uh, where we're all going to hang out. Sure. Well, uh, she got some schmutz on it. Okay. You know, she okay. got... Uh, As they say in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so she she went back and changed it because she felt it was better... Okay. To, 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 you know, she didn't want to come to the meeting with the T-shirt defiled okay as if she didn't care that okay. it was defiled okay. which is exactly the way glenn would have taken that just to be clear. yes yeah yes um so th- that's what we're dealing with and on that basis i declare an emergency is it a defilement emergency it is a it is a what do we do with our say that gear emergency. Well, okay. from the tone of voice, you can tell Glenn enjoyed his time in Canada because it was a very politely declared emergency. It, it really it was. Really was. I, I think they have yeah. had a, an effect on me. You know, because this is the other thing they said, you you got to try this poutine. Right. You know, and that sounded like something dirty, so I wasn't interested in that. Right. Uh, but it turns out it's French fries. With pieces of Winnie the Pooh in it. Now, see, I would have eaten that. Sure, uh, but uh, but no, no, it's not. No, it's okay. not piglet. Then uh, no, okay, no, uh, uh, a French fries with gravy. Oh, I see. A type of gravy. Okay, and cheese curds. <laughs> Okay. Now you sound a little disappointed that you didn't come up with this first. <laughs> well, it's your basic- life has taken you from Texas to Chicago, and you'd assume that if anybody was going to come up with putting just extra stuff on French fries, it'd be one of those two groups of people. Well, basically, you take in the maximum amount of calories, carbohydrates, and fat grams yeah. in one physical space that you could pack it into. Sure. And then serve that up sure. to people. That sounds right. And 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 this is what I just got to try when I get there. Did you enjoy your poutine? Well, yes. Good. Sure. Uh, but here's the thing is, the main thing I'm going down to talk about is what? Canadian bacon. Sure, sure. Okay. Course. Because they're talking about Canadian bacon. It's really ham. Right. Okay. Well, now here's the revelation. Tell me. Hit me. I get down there and, and I say to them... We got beef over this Canadian bacon issue because what you're really talking about is ham. That's well, a really confusing way to okay. put that, by the way. Yes, yeah. we, we got we, beef over the bacon, which is really ham. We we, <laughs> we have an international conflict. Yes, uh-huh. on the subject of what Your is mislabeled the, pork product. What, yeah, exactly. Um, what it what it turns out, I, I I'm saying, you're calling it Canadian bacon when it's really ham, right? 
Okay. They say, okay, we accept that it's ham. So what then is bacon? And then I realize, oh my goodness. They don't know what bacon is. They don't even know what bacon is. Okay. What? And how do you, you know, how do you communicate that? If you've never experienced bacon, how do you describe it? How Imagine do you enjoy? Now fry it. <laughs> you know, I realize you, you, you can't just, you know, you can't just barge in and say, here's bacon, eat this now. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, well, you could technically. You, you could, but uh, it would be like going back in time to the medieval times and giving them fusion. It would exactly. Just kinda, it would really blow everybody's circuits. Exactly right. I mean, we can't just introduce this uh, uh, willy nilly. You got to. Sure. There has to be sort of a phased transition here. Absolutely. Or these people are gonna. They're gonna freak out. It's gonna explode their brains. You right. know. Right. They'll, they'll so, want to add bacon to the poutine and then. Everyone will have a simultaneous heart attack. Exactly. Do you have to have like a logistics director, like with a business degree, in order to manage the transition of bring introducing bacon into a culture? Like, do, are 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 people going to get let go over this? I don't know what, if it's even logistics. I think you need sociological surveys. Okay. I think we really need to fully understand the culture as it is to understand. Are there going to be like focus groups to manage like the just the sheer panic? After they actually taste the well, bacon, yeah. And stuff. I mean, you're gonna you're talking about riots in the streets is pretty much mandatory, because here's the thing: once they realize what they've okay. been lied to about all this time, I mean, they're just gonna just gonna flip out and yeah. lose their minds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's my question for you, though: is you were saying uh, there was a little bit of you had a little bit of a speed bump because you're calling Canada America's hat, right? right? Well, I'm from the state of Tennessee, right. and as you I'm sure you're aware that our that we sent we had a president James K Polk he set the line right. you know for America and Canada right there during his presidency right. maybe he was trying to keep the bacon in the states could be I mean that's that's the kind of thing of you know uh you know that's actually the plot of National Treasure 3 I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean uh, you know you you can't just say Here's bacon now, and then just walk away. Right. You right, know what sure, I mean? Absolutely. I would be irresponsible. You have to build in an infrastructure. Sure, totally. You understand right. what I'm saying? You totally. have to have like a bacon czar. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. That works all that out. Absolutely. Okay, so I realize, you know, hey, you know, let's go step by step here. Of course. So, but I think the good news is the door is is open. Right. And we're, we're having talks, and things are proceeding in a positive direction. Well, that is comforting. Yeah. That, that is comforting. Now, here's a fun thing is, how do we transition that back to the T-shirt thing? No idea. I yeah. think we, I think the rest of it, we're just, we're just going to drop it and move on, Jed. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. What if you... Well, here's a question, though. If you, if you start introducing actual bacon to Canadians... Right. What if that's... What if they drop the whole polite thing altogether and they just feel all entitled and that they get that kind of... They're, you can just have that kind of raw joy and right. stuff. Well, that's what it's going to do is it's going to turn them into Americans. Yeah. That's Oof, what makes okay. us American is bacon. Okay. Yeah, that's what James K. Polk I mean, they're going to start wearing no sleeves. Right. Uh, you know, driving pickup trucks. And wearing skis, t-shirts with schmutz on them. Thank you, Jed. You're welcome. <laughs> 
brought it back around. Nicely done, Jed. That's what bacon does. It makes you careless about your appearance to the point where you would wear a defiled Lee Younger t-shirt with no sense of the impropriety. That's the- You're so entitled. You think you can just spill sauces and whatnot on the t-shirt on that thing and just you walk own? around with that <laughs> it, This is at a bare minimum. If you have in some way soiled a say that garment, yes, you must obey the say that garment defilement burning ritual. Sure, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You have fold to, it into a triangle. You fold it into a triangle. <laughs> you put on the Lee Younger record in right. the background. Um, you get everyone together. Right. You pray. Right. Of course. Uh, it's a whole, there's a whole liturgical. I, I mean, I, I don't have to go through it. Everybody knows. But that. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. You have the eulogy and so <laughs> right. and so forth. And then you bury the ashes in the ground and you cover it over. Right. And then what you do is you buy a new T-shirt. Right. To replace that T-shirt plus an extra T-shirt. Right. In case the new T-shirt is also, also, gets, schmutz also gets schmutz on it. Because that's you, you've learned. I got to have a backup. See, See what I'm saying? Totally. You don't want to be caught without. You know, I, I feel th- these are the basics. I feel like we shouldn't have to go over these things. But, but sometimes we got to review. Sometimes we have to make clear that that you know. So I, I think that's what we have to focus on. Well, that really takes a lot off my mind. That's really that's good. I think we solved a lot of stuff. And there. to 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 in order to get off the 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 emergency off. Without any authorization or any idea if we can follow through on this, I nominate that we send a new T-shirt to Sarah and Kathy. Sure. Right? You're the boss in a very (laughs) literal sense, so sure, absolutely. Matt's writing it down. It's going to happen. I made a declaration, and it's happening. Matt's writing it down, which is going to translate into a text message to me, I believe. This is going to set in... In motion, a number of things that Glenn didn't think about because they're not his problem because that's what you do when you're the boss. Yeah. Um, Sarah and Kathy, please email me, matt at missionusa.com, with your T-shirt sizes and where you would like them sent. There you go. And we will be happy to send you new Lee Younger T-shirts. Wow. Well, and, and not only that, this, Matt's happy to do it. He sure. is very happy. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be a slippery slope though. People are just going to go around spilling stuff all over their say that gear well, i think one, i think one of us has to be gear. in physical proximity to inspect it yeah that's yeah. true yeah that's true yeah we're not running on the honor system here no 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 <laughs> no but on that basis i declare international emergency off nice international emergency off if you would like a Lee Younger t-shirt you can sign up for mission usa for the Lee Younger bridge box missionusa.com/bridgebox if you'd like some brand new say that swag Coming soon. You can sign up for the regular Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. You get a lot of cool songs, sermons, Bible studies, devotionals, all based on a topic. September's topic is what do I need for a healthy Christian life? You got songs from Lee recorded live at the bridge, a lot of music produced by Jed, sermon by Glenn, myself, and Lee this month, some Bible studies that I've written, some devotional material from one of our good friends here in Chicago who does amazing work with homeless folks, a lot of cool stuff. If you're just headed off to college, it's a great thing to get a hold of to uh, really get your figure out what you need for a real solid footing as you start out in that new thing of life. You just graduated. If you're in our news place or if you just want to get some basics down, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. And when you sign up in the month of September, as soon as we get these in, hopefully starting next month, next week, we have Say That Buttons. Oh, yeah. You got your official super fan buttons. 
We've got a couple of other I can't remember, but they're really neat. Jed sent me the, the proofs, and I enjoyed them. So you get a three-pack of Say That Buttons. You know, if you sign up and you can prove you've had a, a soiled T-shirt, if you sign up for the Lee one, you'll get the, the Lee Younger T-shirt, great-looking shirt. You can find pictures of that on his blog. You can sign up for both. Email me, MissionUSA.com, and that's $16 worth of content. You get for $12 a month. So MissionUSA.com slash BridgeWise, MissionUSA.com slash BBOI. Matt at MissionUSA.com for the link to get both. We're going to move on to our first question here. Came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. You hang up with us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with us. It says, I love all the podcasts, but especially say that. That's correct. That is correct. It also makes me want to reference a 20-year-old Simpsons episode, but I'll skip all of that for all of, for the sake of you people, especially Lisa, but especially Bart. Bart. <laughs> yeah. I have a question myself. What should I do when I'm 24 already? My family is still pressuring me to go to church with them, even though I'm not getting much out of it. Lee, can you start us off? Absolutely. Um, find a church you love and go to it. That's uh, that's where I would go with that. Thank you for writing your question, and really, we do appreciate the feedback on the podcast because we have a lot of fun making this stuff, and um, and we're thankful that you listen to it. But I, here's what I'm saying: if you're 24 and you are not getting anything out of your church, um, and and especially if you feel like you know what, I've really given it a try. I mean, I have tried to find a place to serve there. I've really tried to get involved. I've really tried to make friends, that kind of stuff. And it's just not happening. This church is not uh, feeding me spiritually, that kind of stuff. What I would say is it's time to look for a church that um, where you do feel fed, where you do feel taken care of, where you feel like those people are there to, uh, to, to hook you up and to meet your needs and go to it. I actually, I actually went through this when I was about 17 years old, um, the church that I had grown up in, it just, I had been sensing for years that there were some problems with it, and uh, and it really, I, I was not being fed at all. In fact, the opposite thing was happening, where I felt pressured about stuff, I felt guiltified about certain things, and, and I had some confusion about, um, about some of the doctrine, and then I tried to meet with, uh, I tried to meet with one of the leaders, and I got kind of stymied, and they kind of, you know, said, you know, don't, you shouldn't be asking these questions and stuff, and I basically just went to my parents and said, hey, look, um, these are the reasons that I think I need to look for a different church, and to my parents' credit, they were very, very cool in saying, we respect you, and we respect that you care about your walk with the Lord, and we want to encourage you to do that. And that was a very, very cool way to handle that on on uh, for my folks, so kudos to them. If you have folks that are not treating you that way, um, if they're insisting, no, you have to go to church with us, well, I, you know, I would try to... Um, I would try to find the, the. I would try to think about what are the things that are behind that. Why, why are my parents kind of freaking out about this, and how can I handle this in a way that that will diffuse some of those things? So, like for instance, for a lot of people, the church that you go to, it's kind of a family tradition thing, and it's a and it's a quality time with family kind of deal. We all go to church, and then we all go out to eat lunch together, you know, later or whatever. And this is our quality family time. Well, one way that you can diffuse some of these, some of the emotions that might be tied up into this for your parents is to say, here's the deal. I need to find a church where I can grow spiritually. It's not really happening in this church that we're all going to together. But as I go through that process, I want you to know that like, 
having quality time with you, with you guys, with my family is still very important to me. And I would love to meet up with you guys for lunch after church, no matter where I go to church. I'd still love to spend some of that time together on Sunday afternoon. If you do something like that, if you find out what's, what's really behind your parents' resistance to you finding a new place, it could be that you can that you can settle all their kind of questions about our family togetherness or whatever and find a place where you're fed spiritually. For the most part, your parents ought to respect that, you know, you're an adult now and you get to make these decisions for yourself and that your walk with God is your is your walk with God. It's your, it's your relationship with Jesus. And they should respect that. If they don't, uh, you know, I'm you know, it's kind of one of those deals where it's like mom dad, I'm really sorry, but this is something that I've got to do for myself. I'm I'm a grown person and this is the way that I'm going to handle this. But I'd love to figure out a way for us to still have kind of the quality time that we do and and that kind of stuff. It, it may be that that it's not just about the church. It may be that it's about some other issues that you can kind of dig in and diffuse by hanging out in other ways or, or whatever. But uh, but I would say go for that conversation and, and and try to figure out how to make that transition as easy on your folks as you can. Hopefully in the end they'll respect your your desire to make your walk with the Lord the number one thing in your life. Absolutely. One? Well, I agree with that, and I, uh, this is a question we get actually quite a little bit, and uh, I was actually having a recent conversation on, the, on something pretty similar to this. Uh, I think the first thing we want to look at is the concept of pleasing family. Right. Uh, sometimes that's sort of possible. Most of the time it's kind of impossible they 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 uh, uh get us jumping through lots of hoops and that ends up being uh sort of an endless thing uh but i think the important thing for this particular situation is to recognize it is good and healthy for your parents to hear the word no yeah from right. you yeah it is good and healthy for there to be a situation where your parents really, really, really want something and they don't get it, and they learn uh, how to accept that they are not in full control of your life, that they that they don't get everything that they want, uh, to accept that without manipulating, without trying to lay down a guilt trip, without whatever. Uh, that's a good thing for your parents to learn, and it's essential to having a healthy long-term relationship with your family. The idea of nobody can tell mom that you don't want to go to church. Nobody can tell dad that, uh, you know, we want to go somewhere else. That just is the definition of dysfunctional, yeah. period. Right. You might say, well, that's how our family's always done, or that's how it is in our culture, or that's whatever, whatever. That's the way I was raised to be. Too bad. It's That's dysfunctional. Um, uh and this is important to that we definitely need to state that going to church with your family is not an inherently holy thing. Yes. Uh, there's a certain sense of, I feel pressure, I must go to church. And there's a certain pressure, I must go to my family's church, or I must go to this church I've been going to, or I must go to the church where I'm saved, or whatever. There's all kinds of obligation but what's funny is I never, ever, never, ever, never, never hear anybody say, I feel a tremendous burden and obligation and responsibility before God to get to a place where I'm getting fed. Yeah. I never hear that. Yeah. 
I always hear I feel a tremendous burden and responsibility to stay in this place that we all know sucks, where I'm not getting fed. <laughs> now, I I think that's where I really want to harp on that is to go back and, and question that and really look at if you're not getting fed where you're at or or if it's just a bad scene kind of along the lines of some of the stuff that uh, that Lee was describing or just – uh, things are just not clicking. They're not holding together. You just not, are not feeling that vibe and whatever. If you're, if you're in that place and, and you're not getting what get fed the way that you need to, there has to be a sense of a burden and responsibility from the Lord. I need to get out of here. I need to start looking at other churches and I need to get a place where I'm fed. That's where the responsibility lies. All these other things are human obligations and those should be a very very distant second in your mind mom and dad can understand that if you handle it well along the lines of what lee was saying uh but uh, uh giving into that and expecting god is pleased is right out the door a uh, last little little point on this uh we talk a lot about fellowship but i want to i want to harp on that getting to a church or a cell group, or a body of some kind where you have your tribe, your people that you can hang out with and get fellowship going is the really essential part of this. That's the part that people miss. They, they won't go a week without worship time. They won't go a week without uh, uh, you know, uh, hearing a sermon or those kinds of things, but they'll go forever and ever without getting fellowship. Uh, my walk would be dead in the water in about two weeks without good fellowship. Yeah. Word. Uh, so, uh, and we, I, I believe this in my heart, we on this podcast probably fellowship a lot more than most of the people who listen to this podcast. Yeah. So that's, uh, it, it's important for you to recognize the devil's main mission for uh, Christians who get it is to separate them from each other. Yeah. And to be yes. to have the Christian who gets it be surrounded by Christians who don't get it in a jacked up church. That's yeah. I've seen that play out so many times. Your mission, if you get it, is to find somebody else that gets it, get with them, get on the same page, bond, create some sort of fellowship there, and then continue to move forward. And uh, I think that's the main responsibility you've got. Totally, Jed. I just add two quick things to it. The the first, and I should say, we're sorry you're dealing with this. Uh, I'm sorry you're feeling pressured by your family. Um, one thing I look at is uh, controlling families are very rarely controlling about only one thing. Um, that's that's usually a, a web of behaviors that actually um, press on a lot of different areas of life. And I think Hello. it would be worth your time to start thinking about what other areas of your life is your family trying to control you in. Because I think it probably goes a lot deeper than you think it does. And um, uh, areas where you're not aware you're being controlled are also areas where you're not getting to be who you are. Um, mm. And we, we need to sort that out. So I, I, I'd submit, I think it's possible this church thing is kind of the tip of the iceberg. The second thing is, um, you don't specify in your question, but it's super important. Are you financially relying on your family? Um, right. Are you living at home? Are mom and dad helping you pay your bills? Um, because that's a very different situation mm -hmm. from if you've just you're living on your own. You've got your you know um, finances covered. 
Um, if you're living on your own, you've got your own finances covered, then it, it really is, as these brothers are saying, it's about sitting mom and dad down and saying, you know, I love you. You know, I respect you. I need to go to a church that works for me. That's what's going to be happening now. There's no question about that. That's what needs to happen. If you're in a situation, though, where mom and dad, either you live at home or they're helping to pay the bills or whatever, part of what you're getting from them probably is a sense of, hey, my house, my rules. Right. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm paying the cost, so I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. And the thing is, um, that's kind of the prerogative of the person who's paying the bills. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not cool, and they shouldn't be doing that, but if they want to, they kind of can. Your response there is to not be relying on them. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. Whether that's moving out or um, you know finding a financial situation where you're not relying on mom and dad. Uh, but if that's part of what's going on here, I'd encourage you to address that. Um, to, to make a move on that where um, mom and dad's displeasure doesn't equal you being homeless or unable to pay your bills. Um, you know, put yourself in a position where you can have this discussion as their adult child free of financial issues being a consideration with them. I think that'll make the whole process a lot simpler and a lot easier. That's absolutely right. That is the number one thing. Now, as often happens in the podcast, and oftentimes questions we kind of get our blogs and stuff, there is the ideal situation and the yeah. one you should be pursuing in yeah. some way you can. That's the one Jed and all these guys lined out for you. So I'm going to give a quick word about what to do if you are stuck in the unideal situation. Yeah. Say your financial independence is not something you have right now and it's not something that looks immediately possible. One of the things we need to do that will actually help the headache, the emotional headache and all this stuff is be moving towards that. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little savings count, know how much, be looking at apartment prices even if you can't afford it, know how much first and last month's rent, be moving towards that little by little. The other thing you can do while that, let's say you're financially not, you're financially dependent, you got to keep going to the church on Sunday morning, your parents are just going to have a full-on conniption. There are plenty of churches that meet on Sunday night. Yes, sir. There are adult groups throughout the week. That's right. Find yeah. one. Go to it. Start shopping those. Just as we've talked about before, you, it feels bad to say. It feels weird to say it out loud to a lot of Christians. Doesn't to me because I say it a lot. But sometimes you go to church and you sm- sit there and smile and turn your brain off for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's like this is a, this is going to be an insulting analogy, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. It's like if you have a child and you have to take them to a movie that's for children. Yeah, <laughs> they're there. You got to be there. You got to inhabit the space. But you're not going to engage your brain on Planes 3. So, you know, you just go to your happy place in your mind and soothing white noise and just kind of let it happen. Don't fight it. Sit there. If there's music you enjoy, fine. If there's a lovely stained glass thing, stare at it and zone out. Do what you got to do to make the hour and a half for peace. And then, as Glenn is saying, it is your responsibility to get fed. And there are lots of other places to get fed than Sunday morning worship. As a matter of fact, for a lot of people... Sunday morning worship does not do the job of feeding them. Yes. They get taught. They get worship is going to talk about. That's all great. But where they get fed, and a lot of churches are set up this way. The place they want you to get fed is your small group, cell group, community group, whatever that is. That's where you get all that good stuff. And you can find that. And especially if, as a young adult, because a lot of churches just aren't set up to deal with that demographic. The, a bigger church or a different church that has a young adult group, nobody's going to give you the side eye for not really... If you go to church on Sunday night, nobody's going to, I smell a different church on you from this morning. <laughs> Who is she? To yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool, man. If there's a young adult pastor, that's what they do. They're the young adult pastor. They're helping figure that out. If it's a church that, you know, a smaller church that does on Sunday night, they understand that. So um, you probably, if you've never explored that, definitely do it. Work towards the ideal, but sometimes those are the things we have to do to get by in the unideal situation. I'm pretty sure unideal isn't a word, but it is now. Moving on to our second question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says... 
how do we know that God is real? Just a just the little questions we get on the podcast sure. sometimes, mm. minor things. In ancient times, the Greeks and Romans took their deities quite seriously, and the gods and their stories were well integrated into the lives of the people back then. But now you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that believes that those were anything more than fantasy and creative stories. Who's to say that the stories of the Bible and God are not fairy tales and ancient myths? Glenn, can you start us off? Well, uh, don't ask a, a guy with a degree in history to talk about Greek and Roman mythology because— that there's a lot of temptation involved to say a lot of boring stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to attempt Thucydides, to, right? Yeah, I'm going to bypass as much of that as humanly possible. Uh, <clears throat> but <clears throat> let me use uh, an analogy that is not new uh, that that I did not come up with. It's been around for a while, but just a way of thinking about. Christianity and other religions. Um, think of it as if everyone is being drawn closer to God by the Holy Spirit, and everyone uh, feels that pull, and they are drawn to those things which are the truth, but it's as if they can only see it like a, a reflection in a mirror where they can barely make it out, sort of a cloudy, you know, a foggy mirror there where they can barely make out what's going on. And that some people uh, have sort of a clearer vision of that and some people have a less clear vision of that. So that um, some religions are close to Christianity. If you look at the Greek and Roman deities, and you know, compare that to um, you know the the veneration of the saints that the Catholics uh, do. It's a very similar kind of scenario there, but it's the idea of uh, having uh, a a belief about God that there, there's so much overlap in these different areas, and there's so much. Uh, uh, staying power in some of these things, and why would that be? And sort of one way of looking at that is maybe there is just one truth in the universe that everyone has varying degrees of a different look at. Uh, of course, Christians would flatter ourselves to say that we have a significantly more accurate view of that than anybody else, which no, nobody else wants to hear that, but uh, I, I am certain to the core of my soul that it's true. But it also means that each of us as Christians uh, needs to work to get a clearer and clearer picture of what the truth is, uh, because that's the, that's, the, that's the journey that we're all on. Uh, so I think if you think of it in that way, it gives us a way of looking at people who are either believe in Greek and Roman mythology or uh, uh, Islam or Buddhism or whatever, and say these are people who may be looking at the same things we are, but just haven't quite seen it for what it is. Maybe they're filling in the gaps of what they don't see and don't know uh, with details that are inaccurate, and that's how they arrive in these places. But it does mean, if we think of it that way, that everyone's sort of somewhere upon, along that scale of figuring it out. Uh, and I think that's that's the way I look at it, and I, I think that's what uh, allows us to uh, understand other religions and interface with other religions. Uh, second thing is, let's just dismiss, uh, because we're all grown people here, That that and, and this isn't a, a midnight dorm room bull session. Yep. Let's just go ahead and admit there it's an absurd uh, intellectual concept 
to to ask about scientific proof of God. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's on the par of saying I want scientific proof that this girl loves me. Yeah. Science can't be applied to certain things. That's that's right. that's just basic uh, common sense, dude. I mean, it, 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 there there's some things that are right for for science to be applied to it. Uh, there are other things that are right for mathematics to be applied. Uh, uh, when you're talking about uh, you know romantic love with a woman that I'm just mentioning, uh, that's a world of psychology. You can't apply mathematics to that. You can't. You can't scientifically determine why this person is attractive to me and why this other person is not. You can guess about it. You can theorize it. You can stretch science to the point of absurdity where it's just really not quite doing it. Or you can, you can, you can get to that place where you say love is love. Love just is not definable. It's not scientifically provable. You can't nail it down, and it's absurd to think of it that way. When you're talking right. about spiritual stuff, you're talking about stuff that is not of the physical world. Science and 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 religion then don't have that overlap. We can't. There, there's been a fad, I guess, for a long time of Christians trying to smush those two together, and I think uh, we need to go ahead and admit. Um, there's no such thing as scientific proof. We're not we're not looking for that. We don't want to intellectualize it that way. This is about faith. Yeah. That in order to access uh, everything about our relationship with God, we do that by faith. Trying to find a right. non-faith way of getting there is kind of uh, not paying attention to what the Bible is saying about how we access it. Yes. So um, I, I think trying to work around that is is uh, a bad idea as well. Totally, Jed. Well, you know, I, I get asked questions like this on a somewhat regular basis, and um, when I talk to the person who's asking them, uh, I find a commonality, which is they've had really negative experiences with people in church. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so um, I'd like to actually talk to you about that for a minute, um, and I'd like to ask, is it possible that you've known a bunch of religious people that were huge jerks to you? Hello. Um, because if that's the truth, then I think we should start by dealing with that. Yeah. You're trying to ask, how do I know if I should believe in God? And the thing is, I think until we deal with the fact that religious people have been jerks to you, I don't think we can answer that that question very well at all, actually. I think we need to deal with the jerkhood first, and then we'll deal with the God thing second. Yeah. Um, uh, it's entirely possible that you could find some peace about the fact that religious people have been jerks to you, and you come out the other side of it and say, you know what, I've looked at it, I don't think there's a God. That, and that's fine, if that's where you land. But I think it's an important enough decision that you owe it to yourself to make that decision not in a reactive way. Mm-hmm. To not yeah. look at it and say, all these jerks believe in God, and they're jerks, and I'm not jerks, so I'm not going to believe in God. That's far too important of a decision for you to make that way, and we well, don't want and that you. Can for say, you can say, I don't, I don't believe in what they believe. Absolutely. That, that you can say, yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, let's, let's be honest for a second. You know, the Bible's a big book. There's a lot in there. There's there's a lot to to be considered, and you're you're asking about the difference between uh, the you know the Greek and Roman gods and and the God of the Bible. Um, let me talk to you about Jesus for a second, because Jesus actually is very different from the gods of Greek and Roman mythology. For one thing, he was an actual dude. He, he did actually exist. Um, Jesus talked about loving your neighbor, about loving your enemy, about uh, giving to people in need, about um, self sacrifice, about really beautiful, amazing things. And I think one of the things we need to be clear on is that if people who call themselves religious have been jerks to you, they were not following in the example of Jesus at all. 
not not even a little bit uh, if if people have belittled you if they've made you feel small if they've been hurtful to you if they've been a jerk to you but they would call themselves religious they're not following the example of Jesus there there's actually no way around that you, you may still not have really encountered Christianity that's exactly right that's exactly right that's exactly what I'm saying um, I think if if people who are religious or who describe themselves as religious, if they've been hurtful to you in your life, if they've been jerks to you in your life, the thing I would encourage you to do is to find a person that you can begin to talk about those experiences with. Um, that might be um, a pastor. That might be a counselor. Um, we'd actually be happy to talk to you. Obviously, be electronic. We can drop any of us a line. But I'd really encourage you to start getting those hurtful experiences out in the open and talking about them and and um, seeing what we see with them. Um, you know, uh, grieving through the things you've been through, figuring out what it does and doesn't say about you, what it does and doesn't say about them, what it does and doesn't say about God. At the end of that process, maybe asking that question, what's up with the God thing again? But I think if you'll do that work of going through what you've experienced first, I think it's going to put you in a much better place to make a more informed decision. Absolutely, Lee. I love the angles that these guys are coming from on this question, and I'm, I'm thankful that you wrote it in, because I think that one thing that's probably true for a lot of us, and a lot of Christians don't admit it, is that even though this feels like, I think for some people they probably feel like this is a fundamental question that like, if a person who's on the outside asks. Uh, but the truth is that even those of us who are on the inside, um, and we believe in Jesus and we're trying to figure out what it means to walk with him, even still, this question nags at us. We have these doubts. And anybody that says, well, I never have any doubts, um, I, I would take serious issue with a person that talks about their, their, their walk with the Lord that way, their journey of faith that way. I think we all encounter this stuff. And one of the questions that I'd like to figure out on this, just in answering this question is, what do we do with those doubts? Um, these guys have given some compelling things to look at. And I think... One of the questions we could look at is even if I even if I do believe in Jesus, what do I do with these some of these nagging doubts that I sometimes have? And I think for me, there's a couple of things that have helped me. Um, not that I never have these questions. Not that I'm never. Not that I'm. I, I never pondered the the stuff that you wrote in, uh, because I do. Um, but the the thing that helps me on this is uh, number one. There have been some people in my life that I've just run smack dab into, and I, I can't ignore them, and I can't pretend like I haven't seen their life, and I haven't seen the way that they have cared about people who are the most electric people that I've ever known, in the sense that like their life mean, just seems to mean more than other people's lives, and they are living it at a different speed. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like they're crazy, you know, they're just crazy happy and just super hype. I mean, like, you can tell when you look into their eyes and when you have a conversation with them that that whatever they're on means more to them than anything in the world. They are passionate about their life, and their life means something to them. And then I hang out with other people, and they're just searching for something to mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're just showing up. They're showing up to life, and they're hoping that... I don't know, vaguely 
you know, family will mean something or this sports team is what I live for or whatever. And then I've met, I've just met some of these people that like, they're on something that it just makes their life deeply important. And all, and the thing that all those people have in common is that they love people really well. That like their their whole life is marked by love and having people's back and caring about people people that nobody else cares about and the 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 more that I get to know them I realize that the thing that they ha- all have in common is what Jed's talking about which is that they all have faith in Jesus they all have a relationship with this person who lived who the Bible claims died and then came back to life. And and, and just the change in, the, the, just the difference in these people's lives that I've run into, it's the most compelling thing in the world. And it's the thing that has made me want to put my own, you know, my own doubts to rest and everything too, is just that this, this uh, just knowing Jesus, it's given me a purpose and a meaning and not like, not like all the time. I don't have like fantastic joy just coursing through my veins every second of every day. But I know that walking with him and knowing Jesus, it's given my life more meaning and more purpose and more, just more punch to it than anything else in the world. And I guess what I'm trying to say is we all wrestle with these doubts, even those of us who know Jesus. And at the end of the day, I can say the thing that has put my doubts to rest more than anything else is knowing people who know him and then walking with him myself and finding more purpose, more meaning, more love, more life, just more, there's more life with him in it. And and uh, and I would what I would say is find the people in your life who are doing life the most, who have the most meaning, the most purpose, the most love and see if he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. My guess is he is because what I've come to find out is where life is, where love is, where purpose is, Jesus is in there. And that's the thing that is the most compelling reason to uh, to put my doubts to rest. And that's not to say that my doubts don't come back. It's just that that's where I take them when they show up. That's a fantastic point. There are a couple of real quick things going to attack on the end here. One is a side rantlet about um, one of the presuppositions in your question, and it's really... A, a little bit about a much larger rant I have brewing about the way history is taught in America, but I'm going to spare you that. Um, actually, Judaism is as old as Greek mythology. They both the right. mentions of Jehovah and the mentions of Zeus both show up at about 3500 BC, making it older than Roman mythology. We have a weird way of seeing. I'm, apparently, I'm not going to spare you the rant, but the way history is taught, especially in America, is there were Greeks, then Romans, then. A, Nothing happened, then the French, then the English. It's a kind of a history of great societies, but there was other stuff happening. Yeah. So that's not that's not to say that that's why uh, the Abrahamic God is real, but that's just a thing in there. And as uh, one of the things Lee pointed out, which I think is very important to point out here, you don't have to know how wind works to sail. That's right. I don't. There's no compelling um, intellectual argument for me that talked me into believing in Jesus. I can speak for the three uh, three of these guys. I experienced it. Something happened. I'm different. As Lee is pointing out, I've seen it happen in a lot of people. I have seen a recognizable, almost empirical pattern happen over and over. And I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but Jesus is by far the best explanation I've ever been given. So I'm writing that until it bucks me. (laughs) You're never going to come up to this moment of it all locks into place and ha ha. It's great. And I want to real quick, I want to tack one last thing on here. I want to go back to something Jed was talking about, which is 
And there's an assumption there's a lot of people out there really mad at Christians, and I'm one of them. Yes. Because Christians have done some really jacked up stuff. And yes. I'm not even talking yeah. like crusade Inquisition Christians. I'm talking about no. I mean, like in the last couple American of weeks. Christians yeah. in the last year. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even i and maybe in the last twenty years. There's this idea that if someone had access to truth, that would make them better. Yeah. So I can't let those religious people be better than me. And that's a weird way again to think of the way we everybody looks at accomplishment, intellectualism, and all that stuff. Here's the thing. I know I can speak for the three guys in this podcast as well. We've all had uh, occasion to rub elbows and be around real important people. And that may be uh, business people, but also people in science, people in the arts, people who, you know, understand things and the mysteries of the universe. And I'm talking about like atomic scientists and people who worked on giant biology projects, you know, people who understand stuff. Some of them are really great. Some of them are huge jerks. There's no corollary between amount of knowledge about the universe and truth and being a good person. Yep. There's a couple of parts in the Bible where Jesus says at one point, I'm going to look at all those people who are super religious but didn't care anything about poor people, and I'm going to cast them off. Yes. And sometimes I think about that story and just smile to myself. <laughs> so maybe that would help. But if we leave it that, you disassociate the religion from the religious people and uh, look at the evidence around you. I think those are two really good things to take away. We're going to move. Matt, before you move yes, on. Yes, sir. I, I just love to revisit for a second the thing you said. I think it's so smart. I, I love the idea of, despite the fact that not everybody that's on this is great, I love the idea of, like, I'm going to ride this until it bucks me. I think that's a great thing. It's like, if I found something that is helping me, if I found something that is is giving me life, if I found something that's that 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 is is working, you know, in, in a relationship with Jesus, or it's changing my friends, or it's changing me... You know, I, I don't have to have it all sewn up yeah. for me to say, I'm going to do that tomorrow yeah. as well. I mean, I, I like that idea of like, I'm going to stay on this. And, uh, and, and, for, and, and I'm not opposed to the idea that, that from the Lord's perspective, he's saying, I'll take that bet. Absolutely. Sure. Let, let's, do, let's, go, let's go one more day. Let's just let's be friends one more day and see how that goes. Well, Lee, and to that point, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, yeah yep. absolutely. It's absolutely right. Write it till it bucks you. A phrase I first came up with when I was a young boy in Houston, Texas. No, wait, that wasn't me. <laughs> Sometimes I, you steal something so thoroughly, it just kind of becomes your own. I get ripped off so much. It's crazy. <laughs> you should check you your You bore wallet. it well, yeah, though. You yeah. Glenn never rips people off. And he never does it while making eye contact with them at the back of the room while he's preaching that point. That's why he's so hurt. I'll say it before I say it again. It's all in the delivery. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're going to move on to our last question here. Came into our Tumblr. It says, I'm just wondering if two people who have gone too far physically are still able to restore the relationship, or is it kind of mandatory that they break up? Jed, can you start us off? I can, and this is a great question. Um, here's here's my guess, is that your youth pastor or young adult pastor told you that if you've gone too far physically, you have to break up. And that sounded funny to you when they said that, and you kind of knew it was wrong, but you didn't know exactly why. That's that's my guess. So let's look at that for a second. Uh, first of all, you were right. It is wrong. Um, the idea that if you've gone too far physically, uh, there's you can't restore things and you have to break up is a terrible idea. Um, it doesn't. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't make any form of sense at all. But there's a bigger picture here, and and I think this is the really important thing. Healthy relationships um, are in a constant state of taking certain things too far and other things not far enough, and then having to have those two people get together and say, this area of our relationship isn't working very well, we need to do something different. 
Christians have a way of taking anything sexual and having a huge freak out about it. Uh, making it into this monumental thing that's, you know, now all bets are off because, um, you know, someone's bathing suit area got touched. And life doesn't work that way. That's the creepiest possible way to put that. Congratulations. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope you all enjoyed it. That's my revenge for making me miserable with all your nonsense about sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Um, here, <laughs> it's late. What do you want me to tell you? That was you? awesome. <laughs> Uh, but here's here's the thing is let's say that you're married so sex is not you know you can have as much sex as you want you can go crazy with it you're still going to have areas in your relationship that are completely jacked up that are out of bounds out of balance and if you're going to have a healthy marriage you're going to regularly need to come together and say we're doing a bad job with this area right we need to make some changes and start basically we need to hit reset on that area Start over. Right. But Jed, can't I just focus on us never having sex, but then that guarantees me a good marriage because of this book I read this one time? Matt, I'm glad you asked. No. <laughs> no. no, that doesn't work at Do all. Do you have several dozen cases that could prove the opposite <laughs> of that by any chance? <laughs> Here, let's let's be clear on this. Here here's what I think you've been told. You've been told if you'll just be perfect about everything, God will God owes you a good marriage. Right. Um and it doesn't work that way. Something right. Glenn has said to he said to me, and it's been incredibly useful advice, is all relationships start out as a disaster, and then you try and make it not a disaster. You get a strength from the Lord, you get wisdom from a pastor, you work together as a team, and you try to make it not a disaster. That's how it works. If you go into any form of relationship with the idea of we're basically starting off good and we're gonna try and keep it perfect and just maintain that. We're I, gonna cash in all these purity points. <laughs> It'll be great. If you take that approach, I guarantee you, you're going to slam into a cliff. I guarantee you that's how that's going to happen. But if you'll have humility, if you'll say, I'm a sinner, they're a sinner, we're two big, confused, clueless sinners, but we both love Jesus and we love each other, so we're going to try and figure this thing out and work together and make something of it. Uh, to to uh, you know, reference what we were just talking about, it's working today, we're going to keep trying to work it tomorrow. That you can build a relationship off of. But just to give you context, if you got married, you discover our approach to finances, completely boned. We need to hit reset and start over. Our approach to how we deal with our relatives, completely boned. We need to hit reset and start over. Our approach to work-life balance, making sure that we get enough rest and enjoyment, completely boned. We need to hit uh, reset and start over. What you'll find is actually you never stop finding areas that are super jacked up where you need to hit reset and start over. The the story of your married life will be the nonstop discovery. This area is not working well. We need to hit reset and start over and build something new there. If you can accept that, if you can say that's actually what building a marriage is, then it's all to the good. It's all positive. And, and you have the joy of discovery of saying, well, look, yeah, we haven't done super great with it before, but we can do something new moving forward. And we can have the excitement of designing and building that together and being a team and supporting each other and using our imaginations. And what are the possibilities? And it's all great. But if you approach it with the perspective of an A plus student and I need to have an A plus today and I need to have an A plus tomorrow and I need to have an A plus day after that, I guarantee you you'll be miserable and it's more than likely this marriage is going to fall apart. Um, the good news is you don't have to do that. You can go into this dating relationship and then into your marriage with the knowledge, I'm messed up, she's messed up, but we both love Jesus and we're willing to work together to try and build this into something good that does glorify the Lord. You can do that and we believe in you. Absolutely, Lee. I completely agree with Jed. That is completely true. As long as, and this is a big as long as, if you're both on the same page. Absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely so, right. So um, here, here's what I'm saying about this. Uh, 
because I that is that is utterly fantastic advice. It's absolutely true. It's it's the kind of stuff you would hear if you were doing premarital counseling. If you were listening to any of us give you like premarital counseling yep. or something like that. That's that's the kind of stuff that we would talk about. But um, here's the thing: is let's say okay, you're just dating. You've gone too far physically. And we we know it's time to hit reset. We know we need to we need to take we need to take a minute and talk about this. If one of you is saying, I I know in my spirit, my walk with the Lord that we have we have gone too far and this is not what the Lord wants for our relationship. If the other person is going, uh-huh, okay. But on the inside they're thinking, I'm not listening. <laughs> yeah. And I basically don't agree with you because I was hoping that we would do that yet again, sure, and possibly some more. Yeah, then maybe right uh, now. This is not. This is not going to work. Yeah, and I, I say that to 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 say this: when you, ha- if you feel that you need to have this conversation, the thing that you need to ask the person that you that you're with is, I need the number one thing I need from you is utter honesty. Mm. I need you to be completely and totally real with me right now. Yeah, mm. yeah, because. What I'm about to say is, I feel that we have gone too far. I feel from my relationship with the Lord that we have gone too far. This is farther than I want to be going. I'm, I'm not comfortable. I, the Holy Spirit is telling me we need to back this train up. And if you are not on that at all, then you need to tell me that now, because that is going to be my clue that I'm in the wrong relationship. Yeah. Um, in other words, we need to be on the same page about this thing. I was talking to a friend recently. Who uh, you know? He's just started dating uh, this. He's just started dating a, a new girl, and I said, "Okay, so when are you going to have the relation? When are you going to have the the conversation where you specifically say, let's talk about what our physical boundaries are?'" And there was a little bit of a, "Oh yeah, we need to do that, don't we?" And I was like, "Like yesterday, right? You need to do that like yesterday." Yep. And I said, "Can you tell me why you need to do that like yesterday?" And and he very wisely said. Well, because if we don't have the conversation, it's kind of like saying we don't want to have the conversation because if we never had it, then who's to say? And we kind of yeah. get to violate those boundaries. Yeah. And I was like, bingo, you win. Beware you get the all who's the chips. to say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have to have the conversation because that because not having the conversation is having a different conversation, basically, which says we're just going to go hog wild yeah. until we both realize we have massively sinned so this everything jed said is exactly right and that is and it applies to every area of your uh, relationship and eventually your married life but you have to be on the same page and so the caveat that i would say is it is it mandatory for you to break up no unless you are on two massively different pages about what it, what these physical boundaries ought to be and whether or not you even need to have some in the first place. If you're with somebody who is not going to be honest with you about that or or does not have the same concept in, in the same zip code of what your physical boundaries are going to be, then I would say you need to you need to shut this thing down. Absolutely. Go ahead and close this out. Yeah, I think uh, I we hear a lot of questions like this and w- what I'd like to know is why is breakup the default? You know, uh, you know, we went too far. Should we break up right now? Uh, you know, the, the this happened, and you know, I I looked at porn. Should we break up right now? Uh, uh, you know, I accidentally stubbed my toe. Should we break up? You know, it's it, 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 there's there's a sense of maybe God is not in this, 
relationship, but he's willing to tolerate it if you do it perfectly. Uh, that's not how this stuff works. If God wants the two of you to be dating, you need to figure out how to work it out. Yes, sir. Uh, don't give yourself permission to, to, to just go off, uh, breaking up. If God wants you to work it out as far as that goes, but exactly as Lee is saying, uh, one thing we know for sure is the boundaries definitely need to be reset. You know, the, the, the relationship um, may not need to end but the boundaries definitely need major work like analyzing how did we get into the situation to begin with yeah and maybe and maybe temporarily maybe one we want to have a little bit more strict boundary to kind of uh, if we oh, know man. we're losing control at a certain point yeah, it makes sense yeah. to do that and maybe as we gain a little more self-control we can move that but that's that's what we do with the lord Lee, you got some and, on that? And if I'm so, if I could break in for a second too, Glenn, one thing I can say from massive experience of working with young people is, if you don't have this conversation, let me tell you what's going to happen: you're going to feel bad and break up, and then y'all just going to hook up anyway, yeah. even though you're not. Uh-huh. Dead. Exactly. I mean, right. that's a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, absolutely right. And and I think along the lines of what Lee is saying there is, if you don't set that boundary, what is what are you really saying as a couple about? where God is in the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, 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 if we don't let him into the conversation of where should this boundary be, then we're already, uh, we, you know, we started with God probably doesn't want us to be together. Now we went too far sexually and we don't know what God thinks of that. And we think he probably wants to destroy it and destroy us and so on and so forth. But we didn't have the conversation cause we didn't want to have to deal with that. So, um, uh, I, I think the, this, there needs to be a shift of perspective on this. As Jeb was saying, I think the main, 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 main thing, the one pitfall you should make sure you don't fall into is to vilify the sex part. Yeah. That's natural. It's normal. You're, you're, you went exactly in the direction that your natural urges that everyone has, you know, uh, 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 you know, puts you towards, but you should be, sort of if you're going to look for the villain if you're going to look for the thing to attack and to be serious about and be all hardcore about it is about that sense of violating a boundary that is set as jed was describing uh healthy relationships are coming in and looking at hey this is busted hey this got out of hand hey this isn't the way it should be let's let's have a you know let's get in this thing and we're going to fix this and 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 we're not talking about wounding it we're talking about killing that thing and working we're not we're not talking about taking a weakness uh, to a point where we're managing it we're talking about taking a weakness and dealing with it till it's our strength you know yeah so if you have that mentality about violating a boundary you're going to do great uh, you, you should say, hey, we knew where that boundary was. We set that boundary, and we know what God told us to do about that, so we're going to respect God and get that back on track. Uh, that's great. If you vilify the sex part, you are in trouble because you're taking something beautiful, turning it into something uh, bad and negative, and you're also sort of blaming the sex thing yep. on what is really a relationship <laughs> yes. problem. So Yes, uh, that's I think that's the main thing to focus on. That's absolutely a great point. All right, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us and say that podcast at gmail.com, right into our Tumblr page, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. That's also the uh, place we use questions for our blog, so if you want to make sure your question to that gets on the podcast, just mention that. Also, as you mentioned at the front, 
of the episode. If you're uh, one of the folks like who Glenn has met with, who has a story of you got some advice in the podcast and you did it and you worked out, let us know. Use our yes. same channel. Send us an email. Drop us a line. We really like hearing that stuff and it helps us dial in kind of what we're doing and realize areas we should focus on, topics maybe folks want to hear more about. And we really, it's really an encouragement to us. So if you have a couple seconds, do that. If you have a couple seconds, you can leave a review. Leave a review. Leave, leave a, a review. review on iTunes. You can also check out other podcasts. The Bridge comes out every Monday. The Bridge Loud, which is a hard rock worship podcast, comes out every Friday. You can also check out our Bridgebox service, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. The Lee Younger brand version, missionusa.com slash BBLY. Not only get a lot of awesome stuff for your walk, fun ministry in Chicago and down there with young folks in Tennessee and as while supplies last get some t-shirts or buttons for your trouble Ooh. we're going to leave you this week with and closing songs we've kind of started doing you know we're talking this episode about courage we're talking about having the courage to talk to your family and find a church that works for you we're talking about having the courage to step out on faith it's something you can't see we're talking about the end of having a courage to uh have a, a hard conversation and set some boundaries. So this is a band from Chicago. It's a dance band called Something Epic. There's a song about courage called Stand Up Strong and Real. So we hope you enjoy that. We'll see you next time. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast, bringing wisdom and bacon to the masses. Ah!